Welcome to season three of the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This show is designed specifically for ambitious moms, dads, husbands, and wives to help you get money out of the way so you can start living life on your own terms. And if you're finally ready to transform the way you do money, come sign up for one of our free resources at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar DuPaz. This is episode number 52. And today we're going to talk about the coming recession. That's right. A recession is coming. We're going to talk about what a recession is, what are some symptoms, how do we know one is coming, and then what you can do to recession-proof yourself, what you can do to get you and your family and your people in order to make sure this recession either doesn't impact you at all, impacts you a little bit, or maybe even you benefit from it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome, welcome, thanks for coming. I don't know how you found me, but I do appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life here. How can you use it to do the things you want to do? Go to the places you want to go, uh, live the life you want to live, have marriages that you want to have, raise the amazing children that you want to raise, all that good stuff. So if you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website, yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. And consider becoming one of the misfits, or at the very least, uh, jump on the uh, jumpstart to get your money right uh, email course. It's a five-part email course that gets sent. It's one email gets sent to your inbox every day for five days. Some of my quick tips on how you can kind of free up some money and what you can do to make your money last and all that good stuff. So check that out uh, over at the website, yourmoneyright.com. So with that being said, this one is not going to be too long, but I do want to make sure that we, uh, you know, give it its uh, due because uh, a lot of people suffer uh, when it comes to recessions and not only suffer financially, but a lot of times they suffer psychologically because they don't really know exactly what a recession is. And a lot of times we go into these recessions and especially if you watch the news, they paint a bleak, bleak picture, right? Because although the entire country may be in a recession, your particular situation, your particular city, your particular town, your particular state may not be in a recession, right? It may not even feel different to you at all. Uh, So take everything when they talk about recessions and downturns and all that stuff with a grain of salt. Now, I will say this, recessions typically, as we've had them over the last several decades now, get worse are worse than the one that previously came because we borrow so much money and we end up borrowing a whole bunch of more money and then all that stuff contracts and things get back together and all that good stuff. I'm not going to get too technical today. This is what we'll this this information today will be about the the macro perspective, the the overall big picture and what you can do uh, to make sure that you get through this recession that's coming. Uh unscathed and better off than you were before. So 
what is a recession, right? So uh, a recession can be many things, but basically you've heard terms of the economy is contracting, right? Maybe the uh, growth has slowed down. Uh, usually growth is going the opposite direction, right? GDP went negative or production went negative or was at zero or below below 0.5%. But anyway, there is a particular body that's out there. There's a bunch of uh, professors that they have this organization where they get together and they measure all these numbers, all these stats, and they get together and determine whether or not we're actually in a recession. And whatever they decided the, the target numbers are going to be, it's usually some type of contraction in the economy that lasts maybe two months or two quarters at a time. Uh, once it hits two quarters, they'll say, oh, we're officially in a recession. And then there's also different uh, indicators for depressions and things like that. But basically what typically happens in a recession, uh, how, how we see it as a country that people, they lose confidence, right? Uh, people start getting laid off. Unemployment usually goes up, which means there's not a lot of money to be spent in the economy because people start holding on to their money because they're afraid. Right. Uh, our economy, our economy is driven on us spending money. Right. Because every dollar that you earn is comes from somebody else. If you go way back uh, in the first season of this podcast, I did a show about where money comes from and money comes from one place and one place only and money comes from people. Right. When I purchase a good or when I uh, sign up for a service, when when money leaves my pocket and goes to your pocket, that's the only time you make money. Right. The only time you get a paycheck is if the people you're working for is bringing in money. Right. So people have to want to spend their money with you in order for you to get money. So that's where money comes from. Right. So what happens is people. Uh, either get laid off or the profits aren't what they see it is. The growth is not happening. Uh, these big companies, a lot of times their debt is so big, they're not bringing enough revenue. So they got to cut back. You got stuff like we had the housing market last uh, last time that it just completely collapsed. Well, not completely collapsed, but basically houses uh, that we thought were million dollar houses. They figured out that it actually wasn't worth a million dollars. Uh, and, you know, people were upside down on their homes. A lot of people took out big loans on these houses because they felt like housing would always go up in value, kind of reminiscent or similar to or how I look at the current uh, stock market right now. Everybody's really excited. Everybody is, you know, stock market is all time high. It's just going to go higher and higher and higher. Well, eventually things come back down. That's just kind of, you know, one of those laws of gravity, I guess, you know, but recessions usually just again, recessions usually because people. Uh, or, or there's not enough money rolling around, not enough growth going through the economy uh, and people start to hold on to their money. And a lot of times it just kind of snowballs uh, to get worse and worse and worse. And then that, you know, more layoffs leads to less money and yada, yada, yada. You got to try to do things. The government tries to do things. Companies try to do things uh, to minimize that. Um, so that's typically what happens in a recession. Right. And that's the biggest thing that people are afraid of, that people get laid off. There's not going to be enough money. Uh, the government is really afraid of deflation. Right. So deflation is when prices go down. The government does not want prices to go down. Me and you, we may want prices to go down, but the government does not want prices to go down because if the prices go down. Uh, the, the the value of the dollar will be worth more. And what happens when your your dollar is worth more, your debt becomes more expensive. But when your dollar is worth less, your debt is cheaper. So they want to continuously expand 
the the money supply and the economy, right? That's why things get the prices get higher and higher and higher. But when there are markets that offer true competition and true productivity and true innovation, you notice that the prices get lower and lower and lower. Uh, if you look at TVs, you look at computers, you look at uh, all these things that have innovated uh, in in our lives, right? Uh, so some people, one person made the argument that cell phones have gotten more expensive. But the other side of that argument is cell phones have done so many more things that they didn't do before, right? So your cell phone has replaced your camera. It has replaced uh, your, in some people's situations, their computer, right? It's replaced fax machines. It's replaced photocopiers. It's replaced, you know, I can go on and on. Gaming systems, Game Boys, yada, yada, yada. So it's not that cell phones in themselves have gotten more expensive. They actually gotten cheaper, but they also do a whole lot more because that's the way a true uh, economy, a true market is supposed to work. It becomes more productive. And when things become more productive, they become more efficient, which means that they become cheaper and less expensive to the whole, to, uh, to everybody else. But the government doesn't necessarily like that in particular because they have so much debt that's out there. And we as a country have so much debt that's out there that if everything got cheaper, our debt will become more expensive because if, if everything got cheaper, that means less money rolling around, right? Which also means that your wages may go down, right? And that's one of the biggest things that they are afraid of. And if your wages go down, your income goes down, but you still got this debt that's high, you're in trouble. And since so many people are in debt, then, you know, it's it's a bad thing, especially for the government, <laughs> right? Um, but what are what are some symptoms of the recession? Why do I say a recession is coming? First of all, let me say this. Right. Um, recessions always come. I've talked about this before, about the seasons. After every spring, there's a summer. After every summer is the fall. And what comes after fall? Winter. Right. It gets cold. Things slow down. There's not a whole lot of production. But after winter comes spring again because things need to reset. Right. Things need to rotate. Things need to be shifted and moved around. Right. Seeds need to be planted and need to fall. And things need to decay. Things that didn't work for you need to get out of the way. All those types of things are important for not only nature, but also the economy. Right. And so that's how I know a recession is coming, because recessions always do come. So how do we know that we're close? What are some indications that we may be close to a recession right now? Well, number one, we're probably in one of the longest uh, time periods of expansion, economically speaking, uh, that we had in the history uh, of this country, right? So uh, here we are, the last recession was with 08, 09, that time, that time frame, and we're almost running on, you know, 10 years of expansion, right? There has been no contraction, right? So that's that's one thing, but you can also look at all the other indicators that are out there, right? Uh, household debt is back at, you know, 2008 numbers, the difference, though, is this time around, there's not as many delinquencies right now in household debt. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, but along along the same lines of household debt, uh, loans are at all time highs. You know, they're setting records. Uh, student loans and credit cards are still growing as far as debt is concerned. Uh, and those the interest rates on those things are nuts. Right. So uh, interest rates, though, the interest rates that the Federal Reserve may have set are low. Interest rates in the real market, like credit cards, are high, right? They're getting 18, 20, 25, 29% on these credit cards. So the the dangerous part about credit in that sense 
is that it becomes more and more and more expensive to keep up with that. Right. The, the party, the, the party of musical, the game of mu- musical chairs will end and there won't be as many chairs left. Right. And that's one of the dangers of playing with credit cards that way. Right. But uh, let's look. So we're not one of our longest periods of economic expansion. Right. Or economic growth. Uh, the Fed just raised interest rates twice this year, which they hadn't raised interest rates in years. Right. Uh, when you raise interest rates, that means things become more expensive. Uh, from from the top level on down. And when things become more expensive, uh, spending slows down. Right. So we kind of talked about that already. Uh, we just had to deal with uh, this on the 15th uh, this past week. And I talked about it in the last episode about the, the debt ceiling holiday. This still hasn't been addressed. Nobody's even talking about it, but it's going to have to be addressed here pretty soon. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to have to do something. Usually, probably what they're going to do is uh, increase the debt ceiling again because they don't want the government to freeze up and slow down. Or maybe they do. Maybe Trump wants that to happen. I don't know. You never know with that cap. Uh, but speaking of Trump, Trump has these huge spending plans, right? He has these plans to spend a ton of money. So some people say that's a good thing, right? That the government is going to go out and spend a bunch of money. Well, that can be good. If that's put in the right places, but that is always a gamble with the government, right? It's always a gamble where to put other people's money, especially when it's not your own money. We don't know if it's going to work or not, but in order for them to spend that type of money, the government's going to have to borrow uh, another, you know, several hundreds of billions, if not a trillion dollars to get all the stuff that he wants to get done with his huge spending plan, right? So that's, that's a whole nother game. Um, Let's see. I was reading an article and I'll see if I can find an article. And I'll put the article in the show notes that um, there's there's if you if you pay attention to the credit markets at all or to to, to borrowing profiles, there are what they call prime um, prime customers. There are subprime com- customers and then there are deep subprime customers. Right. So we got in trouble in the housing market because of subprime lending. And basically what that means is they would lend money to buy houses of people who are not necessarily your, you know, your most trustworthy people when it comes to their ability to pay their money back. Right. So the subprime mortgage industry is what sunk the whole deal. But there's also a deeper level of even subprime. There's called deep subprime. And these people probably shouldn't have no business borrowing money to buy houses or cars or anything like that. But get this. The people in the deep subprime uh, arena or area, they are buying and borrowing money for cars at all time record highs right now. All right. That's a clue. And not just right now, but it's been going on for a while. Right. Uh, I got a buddy that I talked to who uh, has a, a, a tow trucking company. They getting ready because <laughs> they can see it already. Um, they're making it easier and easier and easier for you to borrow money. Because uh, everybody's feeling good. Uh, consumer confidence is really high right now. Matter of fact, FICO just released uh, some information talking about how a lot of people across the board is going to get credit score boosts because they're going to start uh, some things that they were going to make negative that were negative before will no longer be negative or as negative when it comes to your credit score. So if you have some type of judgment in the court or some type of lien or something like that that's on your credit report, it's not going to count against you like it did before. So anytime you see uh, when lending practices kind of ease up, 
when they are really trying to push everybody to kind of borrow money and, and everybody's happy and, and hunky, looky, all that stuff is going on. Uh, that's usually a sign, right? That we're, we're drunk <laughs> as a whole, right? So those are kind of things that we look for. Another thing I just saw Goldman Sachs just went on like this buying uh, binge of buying up a bunch of delinquent mortgages. Why would Goldman Sachs do that? And they did it. They bought them from Fannie Mae, which is the other weird part. I'm not going to get into that right now, but these are the type of practices that were going on prior to the the crash before, right? These companies going out, buying these bad loans, these bad mortgages, and they were buying up each other's banks and they were fattening up the cat. Uh, and which, which one of the problems with the last recession is when we would not let these banks and, and stuff fail, we let them know, say, hey, look, if you were big enough, we're not going to let you fail. So you could do whatever you want to do. And that's kind of what scares me about this whole Goldman Sachs move. Not only is it that just this Goldman, Goldman Sachs move, but if you look throughout the government, there are ex and current and even future Goldman Sachs executives all the way through our executive branch of our government and, and even and beyond. Right. Uh, they, they're just so tied in with our government that I, I just don't trust them. But anyway, so put all that together. They're doing that type of stuff. Like I said, stock markets at all time highs. Uh, production is low, but uh, real earnings uh, is also low. GDP is below one percent. Um, consumer confidence at all time high, yada, yada, yada. These are things that make me believe that a recession was going to come sooner than later. Right. So what does that mean for you? Well, like I said earlier, typically in recessions, there's a lot of layoffs. Uh, things kind of slow down. If you are in a position of like a service sector or something like that, uh, restaurants, those things kind of slow down. Uh, when companies kind of get afraid, when they are not making uh, as many sales as they used to, uh, they usually start firing people. And there's usually people like us who are you know, college educated, maybe middle management, people who could be replaced, people who are not necessarily directly connected to the revenue generating aspects of a business. So if your particular job doesn't actually bring in money, you're usually at risk, right? Um, so those are kind of things that we want to think about. So being laid off, there's massive layoffs that's already happened. There's more coming, but there's also jobs being made. So I don't want to make it seem like this is going to be like, you know, the end of America or whatever, because I know a lot of those, you hear a lot of these doom and gloom people out there, like, you know, this whole thing's going to shut down and we're going to have to share a uh, trade gold and bullets with each other just to survive. No, 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 we're, we're, we're far from that. Right. But, um, if you are dependent on every penny that comes in your house to, to keep up with your lifestyle, one person in your household losing income or pay cut can be serious. Right. So that's why I want to talk about this. Um, there's not much that you need to do that's other than what I've already talked about over the past 50 some episodes, right? In this show. But today I want to kind of talk specifically about a recession and what you can do to make sure you recession proof yourself and prepare yourself to not only just get through it, but maybe even prosper in it. And so the first thing we want to do when we talk about this, uh, the first thing we want to do when you want to, when we talk about recession proofing yourself is have cash on hand. Right. And what do I mean by cash? Doesn't necessarily mean actual cash dollars, you know, in a safe or something in your house. But what I mean cash on hand is having access to cash, having access to money that you don't have to ask for. Right. That you don't have to 
take several weeks to get for you that you don't have to qualify for, right? Money that you can get to whenever you need to get to it. Uh, why is that? Well, again, if somebody, uh, if you get laid off, somebody in your house gets laid off and you're using every dollar that you need, you're going to want to have some cash to be help you float through that. Some people say, well, you know, I can get unemployment and things like that. That is true. But unemployment does not give you what you were making before. Right. So you still want to supplement um, uh, that unemployment paycheck if you get unemployment. Right. Even if you qualify. Um, there's a lot of things that goes on and a lot of people don't realize that they don't qualify for unemployment for. And I'm going to get into that now. But you, there is a possibility that you won't qualify for unemployment. Right. So that's one reason why you want to have cash on hand. You want to have cash on hand just just in case uh, things get a little bit shaky, right? If something goes goes wrong, the 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 emergency of life happens. You need to have cash on hand, right? Uh, on the flip side of that, you want to have a lot of cash because here's the deal. Here's the sweet thing about a recession: when recessions hit, things typically get cheaper, right? When I talk about the government doesn't like things forget to get cheaper, they don't like deflation. Well, real assets typically get cheaper if you look at the people. Uh, the new millionaires that were made in the last recession, they either, uh, you know, they bought assets at deep, deep discounts, right? So if, say for instance, the, the house that was once uh, worth a million dollars is now worth $200,000, a person that got cash on hand or access to capital bought that house at $200,000. And when the, re- and when the recession was over, the house went back up in value and they made their money because they bought the house at such a deep discount. You can also get houses and all type of products at deep at deep discounts because a lot of times people are looking to liquidate the assets that they do have so they can survive because they did not have cash on hand. Right. If they locked all their money in a way in either stocks or mutual funds or houses or, or whatever it is, they had no cash on hand. When things get tough, they have to sell their assets in order to survive. Right. So that's one of the other reasons why you want to make sure you have cash on hand. So you don't have to uh, sell your goose that's laying your golden eggs just so you can eat. Right. That's one of the big issues that people have, especially when you start making money. That's the other issue with consumer confidence being so high. Because when we really feel good about the economy and where things are going, we don't worry about saving because we believe for some reason when we do this over and over and over again. We believe that things are always going to be good. Right. Uh, when times are good, we live it up instead of preparing for the, the famine that always comes after the feast. Right. The good book has told us that uh, history has told us that after every feast, there's a famine. Right. So understand that. Um, so uh, that's one of the things, one of the reasons why you want to have cash. Right. And you want to get some clarity about what you will do if you did lose an income. Right. If you did have to sell some assets, get some clarity about what your game plan is going to be. Right. What are you going to do? Are you going to pivot? Are you going to go to a new career? Are you going to uh, are you going to call up some people? What are you going to do? Which leads me to the second thing. The next thing is check your relationships. Right. Now would be a good time if you've neglected some relationships in your past or maybe you've never tried to network before or you've never really understood the benefit of it. Now is a good time to, to get yourself uh, out and get people to find out who you are. And a lot of people talk about is not who, you know. Uh, but uh, it's not what you know, but who you know. But I'm going to go a step further. It's not even who you know. It's who knows you. And even even further than that is what do they know you for, 
right? So do you have a personal brand? What does your resume say about you? Do you have what you need to have on LinkedIn or whatnot? Are you making connections with people uh, online or in your at your workplace or uh, with family and friends? Are you setting up those relationships just in case, uh, you know, maybe you get laid off or your, your company downsizes or maybe another company decides to expand because that's the other part about it. A lot of these companies that do have cash on hand and are doing well, they buy up a lot of these other businesses that were not as prepared. Uh, Apple did this, you know, because Apple has a ton of cash, right? Netflix has a ton of cash. Amazon, these companies, like they have a ton of cash just sitting, right? And when recessions hit, these are the times they jump on these companies uh, just just because, right? Because they got a bunch of cash and things are cheap right now. They'll buy it up and see how it works. And that's how they, a lot of times they get their new technologies. It's not that their their own in-house engineers are coming up with all these great things all the time. They're finding up these other little comp, comp, companies around that are innovating and are, are making great things. And they'll go buy those companies up, if not outright for full prices, but definitely in times of recession, when things are at deep discount, that's one of the times that they jump, right? So, that's something you want to think about. Um, so maybe there'll be another opportunity for you in your career at another employer who may be doing better than your, your employer right now. Right. So that's something to just kind of think about. So make sure you're checking those relationships, getting in touch with people, checking in on people, loving on folks, uh, finding out what's out there, find out the things that you want to do. If you're in a career right now that you really don't want to be in, you know, number one, you should you should start looking somewhere else anyway, right? But you want to start thinking about the skills that you need to create or need to have and the connections you need to make so you can make a pivot, right? And anytime you're making a pivot, you want to do the same things that we're talking about now. Have cash on hand, have some clarity about what you want to do and make those connections anyway. So basically what I'm saying is no matter whether we're in recession <laughs> or, or economic expansion, all these things we should be doing anyway. But I just want to make sure we reiterate that because it's most important when you really need it to work. And now is the time to get, to start jumping on it. If you've never thought about it, it's to start jumping on it now and get prepared for the recession and not trying to learn how to swim, you know, once the boat boat is already sinking, right? So the next thing you want to do to prepare for a recession or recession proof yourself is think like an entrepreneur. I've said this time and time again, right? You've heard people that say, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I disagree. I think entrepreneurship is for everybody and it's a skill that everybody should learn, right? Just like all of us went to school, we learn how to read, we learn how to write, we learn arithmetic, we all that stuff, right? We also learn how to take tests, we learn how to go to college, we learn how to make applications, we learn how to work for money, we learn how to trade our time for dollars. Entrepreneurship is not necessarily trading time for dollars, but trading value for dollars, right? So it's a it's a skill that you can learn. So what is an entrepreneur? In my eyes, an entrepreneur is nothing more than somebody that can solve problems, right? You have a problem, let me solve it, right? And solve problems that people will pay you for, whether it's a problem of their board, so they need to be entertained, is a problem that they may be ignorant, so they need to be educated, is a problem that they are, uh, you know, overweight, so they need to lose some weight. It's a problem that they need to connect to the internet and they don't know how to connect to the internet, so you create a computer. Entrepreneurs are just people who go out and they find problems and they find solutions to those problems. Period. Dot the end. Okay. So, how do you think like an entrepreneur? Right. 
look around in your company. What problems do they have that need to be solved? Right. Because that's all the entrepreneur is. How can you serve your client, which is your employer, which is your you're like I said, like I said before, you are already an entrepreneur. You just don't necessarily realize it. Most of us only have one client. That one client is our employer. But we work for that client because we're solving a problem for them. They agree to pay us this money for our work that we provide for them. And our work that we provide for them is solving a problem for them. If it wasn't solving a problem for them, they would not be paying us, right, to do it. Does that make sense? I know I ramble on sometimes, but I hope that makes sense, that you're already an entrepreneur. But look through your company and find, figure out what problems that they may face in a recession, right? Be one of those players that are connected and really understand what makes uh, the world go round, what makes their company uh, stay afloat. And if you don't know, that's profits, right? Okay. Profits are what make companies stay afloat. Matter of fact, profits are what makes the entire company, uh, the entire economy work. Even nonprofit organizations must have profits, right? So how do you make sure you stand out in your job right? In your industry or even in your business, right? Is you focus on profits. If you are talking to the owner or the manager or CEO, whatever it is about how the company can increase, increase profits, you are a valuable asset to them because they understand that you understand what's the most important part there. The most important part is not that you go and work your hours and you clock out five minutes early and you show up on time. The most important part to the company is that they make profits, right? They increase their sales. That brings in more revenue, that it brings in more profit, right? As a basic employer, most people who have jobs, they don't think about that. All they think about is them they, they them doing the minimum amount of work they need to do to not get fired, right? And most managers just think about the minimum amount of money they need to pay you so you don't leave, <laughs> so you don't quit, right? But A players, rainmakers, those are people who really understand the game and they go and make things happen. And if you can let the, the ownership, the CEOs, the upper management see that you understand that profit is the thing, then they're never going to get rid of you. Because they see that you understand the game. And if you understand the game, you're solving those problems to help them make more profits. You've recession proofed yourself. You will be the last person to get laid off. No matter what, no matter even your race, if racism is an issue, gender situation is an issue, sexism, any of that stuff. It don't matter because if you understand the game of profits, you overcome all that stuff. And I know a lot of people, you know, they maybe some people get a little offended about, you know, the, well, there is racism, there is sexism. Yeah, that's that's true. Right. We I'm a black man. I understand that, you know, just about like anybody else. Right. But I'm talking about when it comes to a recession, when it comes to economics, when it comes to money. Right. If somebody let's put it this way, if somebody is making me money, why would I get rid of them? Right. I don't cut out the people that are making me money. I cut out the things that can be seen as expenses. And if you are looked at as an expense to your employer, you can be cut loose. That's all I'm saying there, right? So think like an entrepreneur or entrepreneur if you if you want to if you want to think about that, right? Uh and then uh probably the last thing I'll say is make sure that you keep yourself lean. And what do I mean by lean? 
make sure that your lifestyle is not so heavy that every little time the wind blows that you fall over, right? Make sure that you've paid down some debts, especially those inefficient debts, those debts that are costing you the most money, right? Uh, I, you know me, I don't really talk a whole lot about debt, right? But if you have debt that's costing you a lot of money, that is taking up a large chunk of your income, that debt is a problem and it's likely very inefficient, right? So you want to get rid of all inefficient debts because uh, you want to increase your cash flow. Increasing your cash flow makes you more lean. If you don't have as many expenses versus the income that you're bringing in, you got a little bit more wiggle room, right? Uh, For example, in our household, uh, our mortgage is not very much. The debt load that we have is not very much. Uh, if I were to lose my job or if I were to lose my ability to make income, there I don't have to come up with a whole bunch of money for us to still survive, so to speak, for us to keep our house, for us to keep our car, and all that, our cars and all that stuff, because I've leaned out all those things. So keep yourself lean and keep yourself lean at all times. One of the simple ways to do that is to make sure you have a system. We've talked about systems here a lot. We've talked about, especially those of you who've been in a boot camp, you know what I'm talking about. We've talked about the buckets, right? And how we make these buckets and we live on last month's income and we do all these, these things for a reason. There is a method to every single thing that I talk about when it comes to the system. And I've thought this stuff through and they all have multiple benefits that I have a difficulty explaining uh, over these podcasts. But one of the benefits of having these buckets and having things like that, having the things that are most important to you first is you put money aside for those things. So they protect you. Right. Uh, The other part about that is you make sure that you get the big rocks in. And you talked about that. If you haven't uh, listened to the episode on big rocks, go back to season uh, two and listen to the big rocks episode. It was a phenomenal episode, probably one of the better episodes we've had. Go back and listen to when I talk about the big rocks. You really need to understand that concept. And if you can understand that concept and you understand the concept of asset allocation or giving every dollar a job before you spend it, and you understand the concept of living on last month's income, those couple of things right there by themselves will set you up. You'll never have to take a boot camp. You'll never have to even listen to this podcast anymore. You will likely find yourself in a good place, right? Well, let me add one more to that is asking your money what you asking yourself what you want your money to do for you, right? Those four elements alone can set you up financially uh, to always protect you, always have you to grow and always have you on the top, on top of the game uh, when it comes to, you know, your finances and what you want to do with life and all that good stuff. So um, that's it. I'm going to cut this off right now, right? So let's talk about what can you do? We know we got a recession coming, right? Because we have the seasons. After every spring, there's a summer. After every summer, there's a fall. After every fall, there's a winter. But the good news is spring always comes back. It's been like that since, you know, I don't know, a few million years. I don't know, whatever, right? So we've known about that. And that's the same thing about recession. So we know recessions are coming. Uh, things are at all-time highs. We're breaking records. This is probably one of the longest expansion periods we've had in this country and things don't always expand. We know we don't always expand because most of the expansion is off of borrowed money, right? And if you borrow money today, that means you got to cut your spending sometime in the future so you can pay that money back. That applies for everybody, not just people, but also governments, right? So if you borrow money today, that means you're agreeing to spend less in the future, okay? If all things being equal, if your income being equal and stuff like that, right? 
So things look great, but that doesn't necessarily mean it looks great. Let me paint a picture for you real quick, and then I'll, I'll we're gonna recap this thing. If you looked at me, right? So I got great credit, right? And I got a little bit of cash and stuff, right? So I can make some down payments and stuff like that. But I only make a firefighter salary, right? Forty, forty-five, fifty thousand dollars a year, right? So not a lot. But if I go out and borrow, get a bigger mortgage, right? Which I could probably qualify for a mortgage that's a double what I have now. Maybe let's say, I won't even say a number, but say I, I go out and I get this big old house, right? And on the outside looking, he's like, man, you know, the boy Duke just got him a brand new house. You know, we got five bedrooms. He getting a pool put in there, you know, all because I can do all that stuff on credit, right? Because one, I got great credit. And I got some cash so I can make some down payments. And let's say I go out and get me a big truck, right? Big truck, stack it up. You know, then I get uh, get a G-Wagon for the missus and things like that. Uh, let's say you see me and my family, we taking pictures and we taking trips. You see us in the Bahamas. You see us over in China. Uh, it looks on the outside, it looks like we're we doing it big. We got a brand new house. We got a bunch of new bedrooms. Got a pool. We got new cars. We're taking trips. We're doing all these amazing things, right? Which they are amazing, right? Don't get me wrong. On the outside looking in, it looks good. But I'm getting all these things on credit because today I have good credit. But if I don't make more money, if I don't be if I don't become more productive, right? Eventually, these payments going to come due. And that $50,000 ain't going to be able to keep up with that lifestyle. Right. So it may take a year. It may take five years. It may take 10 years. But eventually, if I don't become more productive, it's going to hurt. Right. That house is going to become raggedy. The car is going to be one of them cars that is just look beat up or something's going to happen to it. And I won't be able to afford to get it fixed or whatever situation. You've seen the movie. Right. You've seen the story over and over and over. Well, that's where we are as a country as well. Stock markets at all time highs. Things are at all time highs, but production is still at is still low. Right. So we've borrowed a bunch of stuff, borrowed a bunch of money. And it looks like we've got this great expansion, but production is remaining low. So we're still making fifty thousand dollars, but we got a, a million dollar lifestyle. Right. Uh, those things must come back to meet each other. Right. Things must equal out. Right. That's just the way it goes. Right. So I just want to paint that picture. So uh, hopefully that that clears up some any confusion about uh, what, you know, because I get this argument. like No, you don't understand that. You know, we're doing great. Economics are great. Look, the stock market, for some reason, Wall Street has made us had us believe that where the stock market is, is where the economy is. And that's not the case anymore. It hadn't been the case really since 1971 after the Bretton Woods Agreement. But anyway, I won't get into all that type of details. But that's not the case. Stock market and economy is not uh, they're individually uh, they're individual mechanisms. Right. And the stock market can be manipulated. Uh, and if you can look at that because you can look at the values of companies versus the money that they're bringing in. The values are going up like crazy, but they're not bringing in any more money. Right. That, that just doesn't that doesn't add up production. We're not producing more things. We're not selling more things. So why would things be worth more? Right. Anyway. Let me get off my high horse. So we know recession is coming. We don't know exactly when it's going to be, but we know it's coming. Right. And so what can you do? First, cash and clarity. I talk about that a lot. Get cash on hand. If you if you don't have any cash on hand, start now. 
right? Start now. Give yourself a reason to do it and do it, right? Uh, cash on hand because one, if something were to happen to you, you were able to protect yourself, right? Or if an opportunity comes around, you'll be able to jump on that opportunity, right? And if you're not prepared this recession, make a make a plan to get prepared for the next recession to get that on that opportunity because I'm looking at properties in my neighborhood right now. This house across the street from us, you know, this lady, you know, she go ahead and give it to me. I'm gonna take it, right? Anyway, let me get off of that. Check your relationships. Uh, get get back in touch with people. Find out who you know. Find out who knows you. Make sure you double check your resume. Look on your LinkedIn resume, uh, your LinkedIn profile. Look at your Facebook profile. What are you known for? Are you known for anything right now? If not, maybe you want to think about how you can become known for what it is that you know, your expertise, because you got to be a marketer. Everybody has to be a marketer these days because uh, jobs uh, are, number one, temporary. Right. But the uh, competition is global now. Right. So you got to be able to uh, figure out how to market yourself for the skills that you do have. Um, and a lot of that is not necessarily just who, you know, but who knows you. So get out there, get yourself out there, figure out who knows you, figure out what connections you do have, what resources you do have and see how you can help those people. Uh, as well. You're not just leeching off of other people, right? Because people don't necessarily, they know if you're just leeching off of them, but be of value to other people first and you'll see how it reciprocate back to you, right? Uh, third thing, think like an entrepreneur, right? Where are the profits at? Where are they coming from? What problems can you solve, right? Maybe not even just in your job, but maybe on a side business or something uh, that you want to do, want to get started, right? If you want to start a side hustle, what problems can you solve for other people, right? And how can you do that inexpensively? With the internet now, uh, with with all of the resources that are out there, it's easier now than ever uh, when it comes to starting a business, all right. And then uh, make yourself lean. Right. So cut down on those really expensive expenses. Uh, make sure you're not uh, living life on a high hog, spending more than you're bringing in. Right. Though These are the common sense things. But you want to keep yourself lean so you can keep yourself uh, flexible. If you need to get up and leave, you can get up and leave, especially if you're single. You know, if you, if you need to get up and move to California for opportunity, why not? Even not if you're single, right? Even me, right? Like one of the things I'm a big fan of is is staying flexible. If I get an opportunity somewhere else and I say I'm tired of doing the whole fire department thing or whatnot. Well, we don't really have very many ties to where we are right now other than like family. Right. But, you know, my wife's family is in another state. uh, So, you know, my brother is in a whole nother country. He moved to a whole nother continent. I got another brother is another state. So, we're not necessarily tied directly to where we are now. So if I have another opportunity, let's say in Canada or something or Panama or California, or New York or Dallas or whatever, I can probably legitimately pick up and go. Right. Because uh, my expenses aren't very high. Right. And I've purchased things wisely, like i.e. my house to where there I have valuable things and I can get up and I can go and I can go to the next opportunity. So uh, those are the things I want to make sure that we understand. Right. Keep your cash on hand. Make sure you check your relationships. Think like an entrepreneur and keep yourself nice and lean so you're not uh, a burden even on your own self uh, when things like this start to happen. So hope that was helpful. That's all I got. Right. If you thought it was good, if you thought it was helpful, do me a favor. Share this with at least one person that you can think about that could benefit from this show. Uh, We're in this thing because I truly believe uh, we can be so much better with money if we just talk about money, if we just talk about these things. I didn't know what a recession was just several years ago. Right. 
uh, if somebody would lay me off, there's no way I would I wouldn't never even seen it coming because I don't really watch TV or look at the news or any of that stuff anyway. Right. So uh, these are the things that we need to be talking about and be prepared for. So let's talk about them. Right. Let's share this stuff out. Uh, we, th- we're wrapping up the season here. This is the second to last episode. Next week will be the last episode of the season. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. We'll do a recap on that and then we'll take our break. Uh, for those of you who don't know, or those of you who knew me and my wife, we take a break for about 30 days, uh, after every 90 days throughout the year. So there won't be any new episodes. I don't even think, I, I don't even think I'm going to do the re-ups like I did before. I will do something, but we'll see. But I might just might just go silent for the whole month of, of May. Uh, and when we come back, it's not May, April, the whole month of May. We'll, whole, whole month of April, and we'll come back in May. And maybe we'll have a new baby in the DuPas family. For those who don't know, my wife is pregnant. We're seven or eight months, somewhere around there. So we're thinking the baby might pop out uh, late April. So maybe we'll have a new baby uh, to celebrate when we come back. But anyway... Hope that was helpful. That's all I got to say today. So look, if we don't get our money right, somebody else will get our money, right? So let's get it. I appreciate you listening. I really do. I love you. And God bless. MPS. MPS. MPS.